Corked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I am honored, as per usual, to have none other than Judy Brooks on the pod today. Judy Brooks is a Vancouver legend, another Vancouver legend, um, through and through, uh, for, for many brands, for many reasons, um, for, for a lot of work that she has done really, really intentionally, deep, deep work with really special people and those special people are everything from as you know she will tell you a mother a founder a ceo uh, a 20 year old a 70 year old she really doesn't see uh humanity potential or possibility in those constructs and she's really done business her way and by doing business her way maybe i can reframe that upgrade it even to say she has done business by being so incredibly herself, so devoted to her own truth, to what she knows for sure, for the human experience, for the heart experience. And I'm just so honored that she would jump on the pod. Uh, if you listen to our pod, you probably listen to A Little More Good with Zach and Dean. And Judy is often a co-host on that podcast as well, delivering very, very juicy, heartfelt discussions and conversations, again, with really cool humans. So I was stoked to have her on the other side of the mic to answer some questions, which of course she does so, so beautifully, so poetically. And gosh, she just had a life event. I'll save it for the pod. Yet... Sometimes there really is something to be said for catching a person in their brokenness, um, literally, in the moment that says, life looks a little different than it did before, and how are we going to navigate this chapter? And that's the chapter that I feel like we've caught Judy in for this recording. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on Judy, and I know, without a doubt, you'll enjoy this one. I do want to plug, if you are touched, moved, or inspired to do more work with Judy, she offers intensives. Um, sometimes it's on a monthly or a quarterly basis in some very cool locations um, around the world. I know there's a fall trip coming up to the Dolomites. And if intensive self-development work is calling you, Judy just may be the person to dive into that work with. Enjoy. All right. Sweet Judy Brooks, to get you on the mic is really a gift of a lifetime. I want you to know that I listen to you on the other side of the mic and for you to offer a yes and your time to give us some answers instead of the questions that you always so beautifully pose uh, really means a lot. So thank you for being here. Uh, Steph, anytime, anytime I can spend with you, even if it's, uh, you know, on a mic and via Zoom, I'm in. So thank you. Oh. You are so many things to me, and I have and, and will continue to share those, yet it feels important that I ask you to introduce yourself to our listeners of who are you today in 2023, Judy Brooks? Who am I today? Well, uh, there's sort of a course, there's never a singular answer. There's options, isn't there? So there's a couple of things that if I were to kind of describe the parts that make up me right now, I would say what's important to know is um, something you and I discussed earlier is I had, uh, I, I, you know, I even hate all these words are hard for me. I had an injury. I freaking broke my leg in multiple places. 
And I, that's important because it's, it, there's a learning behind it that is, um, made me realize what kind of a, it reiterated to me what kind of a learner I am. It reiterated to me what kind of a learner I am. And so this, um, this apprenticeship in injury, <laughs> in healing, it's actually not the apprenticeship, in, in, it's apprenticeship in healing and the understanding of the healing and all that that has given me has been immense and I still wouldn't have chosen that just for clarity for everyone. <laughs> uh, you know, we can go through the thing of everything happens for a reason, maybe. And I, this was an accident, but I, I have been in deep learning. So, you know, thank you. The apprenticeship of uh, recovery and healing, I would say. So that's one thing. And, it, and it's interesting because while I'm highly able, capable still, not necessarily physically, but in all other manners, I also recognize that when my nervous system and my trauma body and pain body have been affected, it means that there is a compromise. And so somebody asked me yesterday, they said, oh, what decision are you making? I said, oh, none. <laughs> Why would I make a decision that I don't have to from a what I know has to, even if I don't have a lived feeling of it, I know has to be a slightly compromised state. So I'd say that was one aspect that's really important. And I would say that um, I'm also, it's so funny how calls happen before I have conversations that just mean that this is going to be the pattern of the day or the week is um, I'm, you know, I'm in this uh, both privileged, privileged, lucky, and um, probably curated or created position to some extent. I have to, uh, I wouldn't have to own what part I had of this is of being on the precipice of just being able to have deep inquiry about everything. And so I'm really less interested in answers and solutions to the questions I'm asking myself every day and not getting stuck on rights and wrongs, but just have I considered, have I considered? And that goes from everything. Anybody who's heard me speak about um, legacy wealth, <laughs> raising money knows that I feel like it around that social paradigm. I feel it around the paradigm of being a woman at this stage, a person at this stage, but a woman at this stage who has things called children and, and, and grandchildren, which, and even that, are they my grandchildren? They are children that happen to belong to, you know, that my daughter happened to birth, but they're just children of the world that I get the privilege of being in care for, you know? So I don't know. It's just, so that's me. There's like, and what, what do I know about myself that I've been able to practice a kind of unconditional love that I don't even know, like I have so many people to thank for that. Uh, honestly, right from, you know, something the my mother of birth through to, you know, the people I sit in conversation with every day, because how can I be in anything but compassion, compassion and decision, you know, compassion and decision mm. of self, not decision of mm. other. So yeah, I think that's me. And like, I realized that I am a, like, I'm in always a deep apprenticeship like deep mm. apprenticeship and whatever I'm doing. Mm. I, I, I do oh. like to cultivate my own wisdom, you know? Yes. Well, there's so much there. Thank you. This is, it's like, that's all I need to know. Now we have every, every tangent for this pod together, because what I know for sure is my experience with you has been so unconditionally loving. And I have never, I want to say ever had an experience with another human being that has felt so safe and so unjudged and so uncompromising for creating a new future based on absolutely 
absolutely nothing of the past. Mm -hmm. And when one has the opportunity to experience you, and I want to share that that is special, um, whether you, you know, have me experience one-on-one in one of your intensives. And I also want to go as far as to say the experience of you via email, how your emails land in an inbox, how your book is read. So for folks that might be listening to this around the world and might not have had a, a deep personal relationship with you, there is something that is so beautiful in how you truly live this sense of of unconditional love. I'll make sure that actually there's a link in the show notes of how everyone can sign up for your newsletter. Mm. Because to receive an email from Jude is to receive a love bomb and to receive the question and and you live as the question. So I just, I needed to share that. I needed to share that in reflection. And I heard you share that your injury has reiterated the the learner in you. And in this multidimensional state of Jude, I want to know what recovery or injury, let's go injury first, recovery second, has also brought up for you in your life as it relates to, I'm going to say like being a lover. And that can be any form, be it like a mother, a grandmother, a partner, being in the work of the world and, and what that is. And so I'm like, there's yes there's all of these other components and ultimately what i'm saying is like i know that your injury impacted many many folks and what was your relationship in that dance and it's not short i mean this this injury happened months ago and and you're still in the state of recovery yeah yeah can you share about that Sure. Thank you. That's a great question. And I think the first thing is that, you know, I, I think that I feel a strength and a power of self that isn't, that's interior. It's not, um, it's not external. So if somebody wanted to call me, you know, um, powerful, which they have, I, I actually don't love that frame because it feels like some sort of thing that, that has this word strength behind it and strength being only strong. And I don't, I don't feel like that. I feel like I'm super vulnerable. And, and, and so people would say, Oh, somebody like you, which I think is like, fuck off. <laughs> like Honestly, someone like me, how do you like, ask me, ask me, ask me because how you may feel about me and how you may see me doesn't mean that's how I feel. And if I've got something going on that doesn't allow you to see who I am or how I feel, then please ask me. But this idea of like, you know, it must be so hard for you to ask for help. And and to be honest with you, it's not hard for me to ask for help. I don't often need it. And I don't say that like, it's just not something that has been readily available my whole life. And therefore um, I can ask for it. And if I'm really clear, there's been times in my life where I have asked for it, where the people around me haven't been up and able for it, you know, kind of as far back as childhood. And so my relationship with help isn't that I shouldn't ask for it. My relationship for help is ask for it when needed and be clear. So I like, as this happened, it was like people stepped in how they could. And, and it took, like, it took a village because, um, of the fact I never stopped working and that, um, there, I just couldn't do things. So, uh, but I didn't put, I didn't put the onus on any one person that people came in, they wanted to help. And sometimes their help was like, you know, you know, name names just cause why not, you know, like Barbie Bent would drive up for two hours, you know, uh, Natalia and Tom, like 
washing my body, you know, which I tried to keep a towel on for about a nanosecond and then it fell off with big tears in my eyes. I'm like, here we go. This is it now, <laughs> you know? So, um, and then, yeah. And then my, you know, my, the, the grandpa to my grandma, Dennis showing up and just, you know, doing him being him. At one point I looked around the table and there, I was like, huh, this is a motley crew. And, and, and I don't even know, nobody cared what role they played, you know? And sometimes it wasn't even doing anything. It was just being to be in the mix. So it, but it did. Yeah. It, I was not afraid to be tender. And when people were, someone said to me, when they put me in the hospital, they were like, you don't have to be strong. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not being strong. You're here visiting me. I'm excited, <laughs> you know? And by the way, in an hour, if I feel sad, I will also cry. And if I feel sad when you're here, I will cry. <laughs> so let's not worry about that. Like, don't impose how you feel on me. Ask me. So I got really clear about where I needed to be asked and where I don't ask, you know, um, ask what someone's actually feeling. Like I had to say a lot, this is what I need. Is it something you feel like you can do or not? Like again, handing them responsibility to say yes or no. So then I didn't have to feel anything after the fact, but my friend Mary came in on week three. And also like, I'm still organizing the calendar of who's going to be with me. And I'm still organizing the food <laughs> from a distance. But my friend Mary came in and I like laughed and said to her, you're here. You can, can you please go move that candle over there three inches to the left? Cause it's been bothering me for two weeks, but I don't feel like that. That's what I can ask of this person. So I was like, Oh, it was such a reminder that my world, and I hope everyone has a similar, similar experience, not in, in injury in their world is made up of a whole bunch of people that have a whole bunch of their own beings that they bring to my life. And they, they made up the entirety of, you know, what was uh, eight weeks without walking, you know, and then, and still, still, I remember even like to Dennis one day, he was driving me to the pool. I started going to the pool and I was thinking, why am I not driving out? Cause it's my left leg, not my right. And I have a manual. And I was like, cause my nervous system can't take the driving. But what it can take is on week eight, getting on a plane, traveling to Costa Rica, being in the jungle to lead a group of people through a deep inquiry that included going everywhere on my bum and walking, you know, using my bum to get up into a tiny plane that was going to take us to a remote area. And, but I couldn't do this. Like, so being clear what I, what I, what I could, what I could handle and what I couldn't handle. So I think that everybody, yeah. And just going, Oh, my, my grandchildren were amazing. Clooney and Rosen. And I, I say my grandchildren, so, you know, my relationship with them, but it doesn't matter. They're just Clooney and Rosen and mm -hmm. they're almost nine and um, seven. And they would say to me, I looked at Clooney one day and I was like, I'm so sorry. I can't do that with you. And she said, I'm not the one who broke my leg, you know, uh, or one day she slept with me and she was so nervous. She was going to hurt me. And in the morning she woke up really early and, you know, looked at me through her long hair. And I said, Oh, sweetheart, just go back to sleep. And she said, I, I just want to be with you this morning talking. And she said, but I'm only tired because I've been really busy healing you all night. <laughs> so, you know, so everybody is, yeah, everybody. So I think the, the short answer is it just, it allowed me to see everybody in all their beauty, beauty being all of their beauty on either side of beauty, that which is not as helpful in that. And they showed up exactly as they are. It was like watching, I felt like I was watching a play in front of me. You know, I felt like I was watching a play. So mm -hmm. yeah, that. And then a reminder of like, oh, when I'm the observer, when I come up here, then I get to see uh, 
I get to watch all 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 of humanity, including myself. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all, and it's all its messiness and its um, absolute brilliance. Oh, it's so powerful to hear the reflection of it being a play because that's exactly how it seems. Like we all live a life and then something occurs and we all dance around a new need way of being what and to your point it's like what can we do what is the best we can bring in this moment and then tomorrow's a new day and we're going to do this on repeat until we get to a point where you are healthy again to perhaps drive yourself to the pool or go yeah. for a walk and and what does that mean and it's the attachment like i really thought a lot about sitting in reality not in desire mm. where i see people where i had you know, people share with me where they sat in desire around injury that they may be pushed beyond reality. And then like, I had people who are like, I had to have that operation again, because I did this too quickly. But the other hand of knowing, like being able, we use the word push, but being able to take myself to the edge, but making sure the edge was like, was it a nervous system edge? Was it a pain edge? Was it a just discomfort edge? And how did I feel about that? And then just like I said, literally going, I'm not going to worry that I can't do this. And then people would say to me, well, you shouldn't have gone to Costa Rica. And I'm like, I absolutely should have because my brain needed to know that I could do things that how I did them might've been slightly different. So I think yeah. that was it. And then this attachment to my feelings around the situation or the circumstance is what I get to, to, you know, relieve my own suffering from. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I'm doing some work with my therapist right now around idealized reality versus lived reality. And I was like, oh gosh, this feels so rudimentary. And then you're like, no, it's essential. This it's is so where's so I said to the someone the other day, your optimism and the enthusiasm is contagious. And what I would love you to see is to ground that in reality, not you know, this idea of perception of truth. Someone said to me the other day, Well, there's so many truths. I'm like, but truth and reality are two different things. A floor is a floor, whether or not it's a nice floor or an ugly floor is perception. But yeah. in this 3D world, we call a floor a floor. Amen. Let yeah. it be the truth. So, yeah. So I there was a break and that break had to heal. And yeah. I waited until the x-ray said it is now healed. And then, you know, I stepped into what could happen. And the attentiveness, I think the thing that cracked me up is I was like, I cannot, I've never spent so much time in care of mm. like, I, I'm in care of myself normally, but in deep, deep care of myself to just get to almost where I was Yeah. I think that's hysterical. I think that's yeah. just funniest <laughs> that, you know, I'm going to gift you this time. And by the way, at the end of this time, you may or may not be as good as you were to start with, but you're going to have to do it anyways. So that, yeah. was, that was a good uh, one too. That was a bit uh, of Yeah. Let's giggle at the fact that Jude's back to walking and you're like, well, by the way, I used to summit these peaks. I'd like to be able to summit even bigger peaks and do much more than walking. Yeah. yeah. There, there is a giggle in there for you. Yeah, and, and also the people like, so Rosberg, who's a guide, but it, you know, he does a lot of the adventure stuff with me. He's the one who's going to the Dolomites with a group of, that we're taking a group in October, but we usually do the Tantalus and, and those peaks um, in the summer. And we've done it, I think this would be our fourth year in a row, but um, our fifth together, fourth with group. And he uh, phoned me the other day. So first of all, I didn't cancel for the first two weeks, which is hysterical. 
<laughs> then we, and he actually, this is what I love about Roth. He was like, no, we don't need to cancel yet. And then on week two, we were like, yeah, we probably need to cancel. <laughs> but he actually phoned me. He said, Judy, let's go up. Let's go up for a night. No climbing. Let's have dinner. Let's take some people that wouldn't want to do the climb because they're afraid of heights or it's a big physical challenge. And so I'm going to do that this Friday just to my, for my brain to go oh, here, you're in a space that's, you know, that's important yes. to you. So I was yeah. like, thanks Ross for that. And yeah, looking forward to taking yeah. like this weekend, but that's, that's all, of it, all of it. Yeah. I'm hitting the pause button on this sweet episode to tell you about something that you might like. Our newsletter, we call it The Corkboard. It has all things juicy, whether you are looking to keep in touch between episodes or find out more about our coaching, development, or hot new jobs that we're working on. The link is in our show notes. Your inbox is sacred and your time is too. So now let's get back to the episode. Well, we can talk about the physical body as we have, and I want to talk about your nervous system because it feels like a system that we don't quite talk about enough. And you spoke um, at the beginning about being in a compromised state and the impact of your nervous system. You also shared how getting onto a plane to go to a certain little spot felt more okay than getting in your car to drive to a more local spot. And I think there are so many metaphors and, and analogies that we can pull from that. And yet I do think there's something to be said for like, what is nervous system alignment? What does it look like to not be compromised? And what does that either feel like or or how do you regulate that? Mm-hmm. Can you That's share correct. some more about nervous system? Yeah, as a, and this is, of course, my view, my, my, my articulation of what I both experience myself, but what I see it as, as I work with groups and work with individuals is, so first of all, I think that we're, you know, we say we, we know ourselves well. I don't think we know ourselves very well. I think we're constantly talking ourselves into a justification of our needs, wants, desires, or our fears. And so to sit in and ask yourself the questions, continually ask yourself the questions of, is that true? Am I protecting? Am I armoring? Is that needed now? Am I safe now? Um, These are questions, like I said, when I know my intuition is working at its highest is actually when it tells me to not do or do something that I don't want to do, or I do want to do. It tells me the opposite of my desire, of my dopamine, you know, it tells me the opposite of that. And then I'm like, okay, it's, it's kind of in tune right now. But for me, um, and I think everybody's nervous system gets affected by different things. And definitely for me, the driving with people going fast and with these noises was, that's what created a bit of, you know, dysregulation for me in an environment where we're, you know, getting on this little tiny kind of really bush plane to go somewhere. I was like, I felt there wasn't like a lot of people around. There wasn't a lot of noise. So, and I looked at these stairs and thought I can't climb those stairs. So I'll go up on my, my bottom. So that felt safe for me because, oh, and then I'm going to relate it back to this moment in hospital where, um, when they were taking off my boots and my gear and a new nurse walked in and she didn't, I, I'm better when I have an, a view of what's happening and know how I can support or help. And, and that's not what she wanted. It didn't work for her. And I still feel the response to somebody taking away my ability to be involved in my own decision-making around my body. And she didn't do it for any harsh reason. She was just busy and I'm sure she thought it was best, but it wasn't best for me. And so that effect on my nervous system, I had to really pay attention to. I had to actually breathe into it after 
after she exited, there was another nurse there and I had to like literally breathe and say, can I just check in? Is there something I did incorrectly? And they said, no. And I said, so this isn't mine. I just need to breathe. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, got it. But so I started to really think about where is the nervous system? And sometimes my nervous system is reacting to a different fear. And then I can push my edge to, to, to the edge of discomfort. But for me, this the environmental elements are super important. When I'm in a restaurant and there's lots of noise, my nervous system gets compromised. Mine does. Other people, that doesn't bother at all. Put me in a precarious situation in silence and I can usually handle it better. Give me somebody who's willing to have a good laugh with me and isn't attached to the way something's going to be done. We're just wanting to go to the end. I'm great with that. So I really, yeah, my nervous system. And when I had to, you know, there's the obvious practices of meditation and everything, but that it wasn't just enough for me. I had to be really clear about my environment. You know, mm-hmm. I, when could I have music on? When couldn't I have music on? What, like really listening deeply, what do I need now? And then asking myself, is that the truth? Is that the truth that I need that or don't need that? You know, is that the truth? But so much about nervous system and how my nervous system was different than my pain body. It might be really correlated, but if my nervous system was settled and I was in a good place and my pain body got affected because something happened, my nervous system ultimately would be affected, but it wasn't my nervous system first versus other times it was my nervous system before my pain body. And yeah, just thinking about that. And so compromised is... So funny, hey? Because I don't look at the word compromised as being bad. I look at it as being aware. We are all compromised at different times during our day by the phone call we just had, by the experience we just had. And to say, was this compromise significant enough that I shouldn't be in decision right now? I think is a question I've asked myself. So I feel really good about working with people. I feel really good about doing that. I didn't feel good about driving. Okay. Yeah. Could be 30 calls during a day. That didn't yeah. feel compromised to me though I was on a board call a couple of times in the first week and I was like hey I'm done <laughs> you know and then a good one was guys since we've been on the call have I taken any medication <laughs> I was like okay <laughs> off this call but yeah no I I think and then I see it in others and I see it reflected in in the deep immersions I see it affected you know I've seen people's nervous systems respond and reacting separate and apart. Like, it's almost like if we sort of dissect the elements ourselves, but then recognize that they're all deeply connected, but how can I address this part of me and this part of me, and then realize that in addressing that part, it will also have, it may or will also have significance over here. So I, I have loved this. And it really made me think about, you know, these beautiful kids in my life and, and my own, you know, tenure as, um, the biological parent, as opposed to the, the parenting of children, where I was like, where has a time that I've caused dismay for, for a kid's nervous system just by my unawareness, mm-hmm. my own dysregulation has, has affected someone else. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, there are lots of great moments, one-liners, truths in all of these things. The question of, is this true? Is this needed now? The question of considering our nervous system in so many different ways, be it socialized, not socialized, movement, quiet, music, You've given me an upgrade. I I had painted the word compromised with a bit of a negative light. It was something that I like sat in and was like, I don't ever want to compromise. I want to be all in. And what I just heard was like, hey, that call before this call will compromise how you show up and what's next because we are so connected and it can't not, it can't not. So there, 
that is a beautiful reminder. And it's also the best reminder of like, and it will all change. So one day you want the silence and the next day you want the music and both are true. Both are so acceptable. Both are true. And I think just back to that word of compromise, if you don't mind, is I never owning a state of being feels like freedom to me. doesn't feel Mm. like... Um, it feels like in the strength of vulnerability and clarity of self, I've thought I do not want to compromise in the way I show up for others, but I will accommodate. So I've been thinking Mm. about that a lot is where we feel like we're, we're, you know, where it's just like, we all have to compromise, but be clear. If you're compromising your integrity, I would, I would say that I can be an accommodation. Like I think of this in like intimate relationship is especially at this stage when I, when I'm in a conversation in a relationship with people that are called couples, I'm like, what if you actually said your truth out loud, not expecting the other person to meet it so that everybody could understand. And then we decided what we could accommodate as a human being or not for other Hmm. This idea that we have to compromise to be in relationship, that feels, that feels like not a negative word, but I I don't understand that. I'm saying, Hey, I can accommodate this. Why wouldn't I do that? I can do that versus you're asking compromise, you know, a being. Yeah. So just that for me now is big. Such an upgrade, such an upgrade, such a beautiful distinction, compromise and accommodate. Love that. I have one final question that feels really important because it feels a little bit like the path of the journey to, you know, that you've taken us on. Um, And that is your, I want to preface with, you know, you shared that it's luck and it's privilege and it's very intentional curation, your devotion to the question and your devotion to deep inquiry. And I don't want this to be loaded. Would you be open to sharing where this has come from? And what do you see as the path for you on like on the journey of of deep inquiry? It feels like the not even the antidote, the ascension of this world of hustle and this world of I want to set a goal that meets this. And you're like, wait a minute, what is the question to be asked? And what is the root and what is the flower? And and you you really just flip paradigms for us. And I'm going to say specifically in the world of relationships, and that can mean a partner and it can mean business. It can mean who you're in business with, how business is done. And, and you see all of these as relationships and your deep inquiry feels, feels like an ascension to how things have been done. Can you share how mm. it came to you and that journey for us, would you mind? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's a much longer answer and and that's a great question. So, but if I think about how that, if I think about all the ingredients in the stew of inquiry for me, it really has to do with the deep learning, the deep apprenticeship I received from conversations. And so the more conversations I have, the more I realize there is no answer. There may be options, and we can definitely stay in the reality of what's happening and the options of how we might address what's happening. Solutions remain solutions for a moment in time until we get more information or we change. Um, something new becomes important to us. And so I think the inquiry and the like kind of the feeling of someone said to me the other day, do you really just love everyone? And and the answer is I, I find some people very challenging, <laughs> but but I don't think that I ever feel that love is a transaction to give and take. I, I simply am going to be in my heart with most people, even if that sometimes means not being in relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And so I think the inquiry comes from the fact as if you're always going to be in your heart, if you're going to strive to be in your heart, to not only 
be in your heart without looking at reality. So to be able to look at reality and to be in heart means you have to be in inquiry. I think that's mm-hmm. it. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. And then every day, I like I say, I'm taken to the mat in a conversation. There's not one conversation I leave where I don't have to sit back after the conversation and say, where have I shown up like that? Where might that have been something that I did? Where where haven't I done that? Perhaps I could. Every day I'm given this like gift of people sitting in openness and, and desire for some sort of evolution of self that can't but impact me. You know, someone said to me the other day, well, who are your gurus? Y'all are my gurus. Like literally, I don't think I could single source anything because because we're constantly changing. But the conversations with people I have from the ages of 20 to 70 with, you know, CEOs of this to moms that are taking care of kids. I'm like, wow, there's no, I don't learn more from one than the other. I, I learn the most from just the stories of people, the mm-hmm. stories of people, not the stories, the narratives that were created. Mm-hmm. That's my hard thing about this sometimes is people will go, well, that story is so interesting. I'm like, no, that version of the story appeals to your sense of something. But what about the actual story? That's far more interesting to me, the reality, not mm-hmm. the construct of whatever the reality the the messiness is the beauty to me Mm. the messiness of of myself and of others and the navigation of it so I don't feel like there's any I feel like as soon as I'm not in inquiry then I'm in binary thinking and that doesn't mean I don't make decisions I actually make decisions Mm. a lot but once I've made a decision I'm already going hmm okay make sure I'm still paying attention to where I may have either misstep or I may have made a decision that felt really good at the time, but now I just got some more information and I'm able to stand up and say, I know I said this and now I'm feeling this. Uh, Now I believe this. Now I would like this because of what I know now. And are you up and able for that or not? I mean, God, Mm -hmm. let's, we can't even start about intimate relationships because I feel like that is the thing we're not taught to do. Yeah. Change our mind, change our heart. And and yeah, and be able to say, and then if we actually were in truth and said, this is what's going on for me, where are you at? I I wonder how much more we could actually still be in relationship instead of in this, you know, now that I don't feel the same as you, we can't love each other. Whoa, that's Oh, that's so sad to me. Yeah. If you don't love me like I, the way I want to be loved by you, then I can't love you. What does that even mean? You know? So yeah. Is that helpful? That was a long answer. No, it's the most perfect answer. And it's the most perfect place that we jump to the final question, because the final question um, could be perhaps surface for some, it can be in the moment and it can be something deep. And I want you to know that I'm only jumping because your time is so precious and yep. that to have your time is, I'm, I must honor it. And, and that last question, Judy, is what is making your heart beat faster? right now. You can interpret it however you wish. And it's just so perfect because you're here to share about heart and inquiry and intimate relationships. And and what I know to be true is that business and family and partners that we choose at different moments in time are all this blend of of heart and inquiry. And and what about your home? um, You know, both silence, pause makes my heart beat faster. And so does um, any moment that I see someone stepping into another part of themselves that they haven't yet explored. I just, I, that's where I'm like, like literally I flow back, you know, and I guess the pause is reverence. I, I'm, my heart beats faster in devotion and reverence right now. Mm. 
to the trees, to the little tiny ants, to, um, you know, those that I see on any kind of path, that's a path of growth for self, Mm. you know? Yeah, that's. Yes, because if it's not for growth of self, how on earth can we possibly get to Tantalus or the proverbial Tantalus together? I mean, we can't, we just can't, you know? So. Oh, well, thank you so much for this conversation. I love you so much. I can't believe that we only get to see each other because we're potting together. But um, yeah, my heart is always with you. And I I, I hope and know the same. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are magic. Love, love, love. Ciao. And you know what makes my heart beat faster? The fact that I get to share with you that this podcast is brought to you in partnership with More Good Media. Our friends over at More Good Media are spreading the good word, one conversation, one podcast at a time. So thanks so much for your support. We are so glad to be here in partnership. Oh, hey, before you go, you know, listening to podcasts on this thing called the internet, it's a wild ride. And what would be so helpful on our wild journey is if you would be so kind to jump on and give us a review. Four, maybe even five stars. It really helps. Thanks for joining us.